When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it's June 16th, and we are still in the throes of pride. We, it's Elliot. And before we start today's episode, we wanted to bring you a special little segment uh, sponsored by our sponsor of choice, Can, the CBD and THC-infused social tonic that is a lovely alternative to boozy hangovers and other stuff. We sat down with Rana Glickman, a past guest, uh, to talk about her relationship to THC and, and the, the culture of it all. Uh, she was a fantastic guest, of course, and getting to have a little bonus conversation with her doesn't hurt. Uh, visit drinkcan.com, that's can with two N's, to find your favorite delicious social tonics. And by the way, as part of Pride Month, it's worth noting that can is, of course, a queer-owned company. Hooray. So, Rana, I just wanted to get your take on like, so it's 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 Pride Month. Um, you know, it certainly pride is, is. Pride is, pride is. Pride is in June. What yeah. is it? Like, I'm waiting what, for the Pride variant. <laughs> what is your have you ever been to a Pride parade? What is your take? <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I'm a little upset, a little offended that I've never been asked to marshal a Pride parade. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure Leia Remini's done it as someone of like course. that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what they're you know, what they're waiting for. I think Pride is look. I'm not a parade person. I'll just I'll just come right out and say that I I'm happy for people that want parades. I want them to have their parades. I want to be about 50 feet away. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mind. I happen to find myself in New Orleans this year during Mardi Gras. Mm. And I have to say, which is essentially pride, which is Mm -hmm. hysterical. Yeah, I mean, right. that, you know, the whole town, everyone's in a costume and they spend all year working on the on the costumes. But I think the most exciting thing about Pride is what it celebrates, obviously. Yeah. So that kind of openness and inhibition and mm. the total expression of I mean, I think you can do that not in pink velvet chaps if you want to. Right, but, right. but but also if you want to, that's fine. Too. To each their own. Yeah. I just don't want to be the person who has to clean the streets afterwards. That's all. Yeah. Right, I don't I don't right. I don't like crowds and I don't like trash. So that's right, why parades right. aren't really for me. But I do think it's incredible what it expresses and in how many cities. It, I mean, you're talking about which it's June. It's Pride Month. It used to be that Pride was like a day. Yeah. A day. And oh, yeah. now it's now it's a month. And I think it's yeah. I think it's fabulous. And I also love that people can turn that valve on and off sort mm-hmm. of in their life that they can be totally, you know, I'm a lawyer from nine to five and I love that part of myself, et cetera. But this is the sort of my mm-hmm. national mm-hmm. holiday where I get to celebrate yeah. and this other dimension to who I am. Yeah. Now, Elliot and Alan are enjoying their canned beverages right mm-hmm. now. They're, they're sipping on the delicious. People love it. Which are you have? What flavor are you having? There's I the, love a um, cranberry. Uh-huh. Mm. And then what's the other one? Is it blueberry? I can't remember. There's a pineapple jalapeno. Yeah. There's yeah. many oh. flavors. Delicious. I think that's a new flavor, the pineapple yeah. jalapeno. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wait, yeah. So but but yeah, go ahead. Let, let me ask you, Rana, have you ever it, I don't want I don't want to get too personal here, but have you ever dabbled in cannabis? Is that something that you're open to? Oh. Well, you don't want my answer to that because it's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, it, it is for a lot of people. And I have yeah. to say these canned beverages, this, this is not your audience, but it's not not your audience, <laughs> yeah. which is that the sort of goop crowd. Oh, yeah. Love yeah. these canned beverages. Yeah. They're really so good. They're all really of good. those moms are using them as mixes or yeah. that's yeah. what they're having when they know mm-hmm. they don't have enough their vagina sort of ball. runway. <laughs> yes. When they're yeah. doing their, you know, Benoit balls or whatever they're doing, they yeah. <laughs> when they're steaming their vagina and holding on to the Benoit balls, though the can may make them relax. And in which case that may not be. I don't remember whether it's an indica or a sativa, but in any it's a event, mix, it's a mix of THC and CBD. There you go. Uh, but people love it. Yeah. And the cans themselves are so cute and so well oh, designed. So pretty. I yeah, know pretty. a lot of people well, that are genuine fans and for whom it has really filled a niche 
yes. in their weeknight. Yeah. I want to just have something to relax, but I don't either don't want the calories of 14 right. glasses of wine exactly. or, or I don't have the t- I don't have honestly the ability to I can't book that hangover in. Yes. I've got something right. I've got to do. It doesn't so fit this my right. schedule. No, there's a nice. It's a nice right. window with the can. It's a and, nice it's, and it's queer owned, so. which is a perfect reason to oh, sell is it? Pride yeah. Month. That's right. Yeah, huh. yeah. yeah. lovely it. to know. And they look great next. You know, everyone does those charcuterie boards now. But yeah. any party, if I walked into a party and they had a, like sort of an ice set up with a couple of different flavors of can, I mean that mm. to me, the very glamorous. The Would you drink it then? The can no, not for me. But the cans, <laughs> but the cans themselves are shades of vanilla. Yes, yeah. Which like is of course home. my palate. <laughs> I yes, have tasted it. the can, and it does taste quite good. It right. is quite right. good. Yeah, we couldn't have said it better ourselves. Thank you so much, Rana. <laughs> my pleasure. When does the check arrive? <laughs> <laughs> you're making it worse. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. We're here. We're queer. Mm. Meh. Textual healing. We, I, I, I've intentionally set it up so that on my birthday, we will not be recording and there will be no mention of my birthday on this podcast, but not for Elliot. Elliot's not so lucky. Yeah. Happy birthday. birthday, boy. Happy birthday, wow. Elliot. Today, as of Thank this you. recording, is Elliot Glazer's birthday. He is... A, he, it's birthday. a bit... No, I, I thought it was his 50th, actually. The bags look <laughs> no. like... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, but happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm turning 39, the closest mm-hmm. to 40 I could ever imagine being <laughs> i mean it, and technically I mean, numerically that is Oof. actually the case yeah it really well, first is of all you don't look a day over 31 and <laughs> great great uh, thank you yeah no i i it's, uh, it's i just don't i don't know i guess it's just like i, I never cared about birthdays i find yeah. them to be just really high pressure and um i don't like like as a performer i like attention in some aspects but then in other ways i hate attention oh yeah i agree oh i just and i hate it and i and i hate like I just hate the idea of like my birthday weekend, you know, like a whole yeah, right, yeah. right. thing. Like, that's why I'm I leaving know, the country. It, that's why I'm so glad I'll be out of the country on my very birthday. smart. I yeah, I guess I won't be able to text you happy birthday, Alan. Oh well. No, um, I mean, you can. I it's it's 2022. You can still text me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Fair, <laughs> yeah. fair point. Fair but, point. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just don't like the whole like response. There, there feels like an obligation yeah. on the birthday. But since okay, have you started lying about your age at all in any capacity? No, no. In any I mean, capacity, I, not even on an app, possibly. No, not not. No, oh. I haven't. I mean, oh. no, I really haven't. I, I, but I don't have a reason to like. I don't have a reason to because I'm not on any of these apps. True. Maybe I right. will when I go on, back on them at some point. Right. But I also don't want to. I guess because it's also at a certain point. I don't. I wouldn't want to turn off somebody who wasn't looking for somebody who was 39. You know, yeah. For somebody who was trying to avoid somebody yeah. who's 39. I'm not yeah, looking that's fair. to trick somebody into thinking I'm 36 if that is some sort of um, you know barrier for them. But the same way, like you know, the the uh, person who I broke up with uh, months ago um, was younger and and a number. You know, he was 29, and I never thought I would date somebody younger because it but i thought he was a lot more mature yeah, than his age yeah. and it turns out he wasn't uh turns out he was okay. <laughs> less uh, mature than that but <laughs> well less, uh, less uh than 29 but i i, I mean so i think that's I, yeah i'm not gonna i have no i have no reason to lie basically at this well point. Like, i will say i like in dating situations sure yes you should not lie however i take immense enjoyment telling different people different ages for myself. I yeah, love it. Yeah. I love lying about my age to to people that don't <laughs> matter, to things in situations that don't matter. You know what I mean? If yeah. someone casually asks me how old I am, I'll tell them what I feel in that moment. And anything between 36 and 28. It depends on my mood and how I look that day. <laughs> yeah. I, I will literally say anything. I won't yeah. go that way, well, s- but yes. I used to think it was so funny when Brent would lie about his age like constantly. And, and, and I was like, what's the big, like, I don't get what the big deal is about being like, 
34. Like it didn't, mm, it didn't seem yeah. like a number that would phase me or phase anybody else. But then as we crept up into the upper thirties, I was like, I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. It's a, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a different phase. It's a different, yeah. it's a different and, number. And let me stress, we are not being ageist. We love and support all no, of our it, listeners I think uh, of any age, but I, I do think it's a reasonable thing to feel yeah, aging like the queer yeah. at any age is a delicate conversation. I think. And yeah, it becomes, absolutely. You know, different, differently delicate in different sp- periods of our lives. But I think this period where you're literally going from the the standard quote unquote youth, you know what I mean? That that sort of yeah. that sweet target of the twenties to early thirties market of yeah. advertising and everything to yeah. the the other part of it where you're sort of in that other demographic. It's it's a it's a weird transition, I think, for queer people. It's like basically. Not to go back to the Fire Island conversation, but being able to be cast in Fire Island and being unable to be cast in Fire Island—it's that age, and it's. it's but I that. think I think that I think the gap has widened. Yes, I think so too. I think so too. And things are like it's different, but there is still there is still a stigma. You know what I mean? Like if you're not mm-hmm. in that twenty to early thirty range, there's there's always a conversation mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just I'm also like. Ew. Like I'm also like ew at the idea of totally ugh, the idea yeah. of like a 25, a 20, a 26 year old person or, or somebody being 24. I'm like, ew. I, I used to think like when, when we were younger, I used to be so turned off at the idea of dating a quote older guy. I remember to Brent, I would actually say like, I don't like dating. I wouldn't want to date a man who looked aged. <laughs> and to me, that was like, Oh, a weathered face. And now I'm on the, other you know the 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 end the end of the spectrum where i i still have no i'm not really interested in dating like much older gentlemen or anything like that but the idea of, of a guy who's like in his early 20s i i see like teenage skin like yeah. it's a teenager yeah. Yeah. skin and i'm like ooh, i, I, I don't know, know. Yeah. I I mean, luckily like, for me it, it adjusts with age i feel like in drag i have I've sort of adjusted sort of my idea of age and it's, it's, it's interesting because I have so many friends who are in their twenties and you yeah, know, yeah. like, you know, Naomi and, and other people who are in their twenties and it's, it's a, uh, they're very mature of course. And I love them to death. Mm-hmm. Some of my best friends, yeah. but it, it is, it's sometimes I sometimes I'm surprised that I'm able to connect with someone so young. And so I don't, I've always yeah. been able to connect with people who are older than me. And now as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, Oh, I'm able to connect with younger yeah. people too. And it's kind of a nice, kind of a nice thing it makes me yeah. feel good yeah i think uh, so it's, it's yeah yeah i think a lot of it is the hot i mean the just the hodgepodge of of queer the queer experience being as much as everybody wants to normalize it it's still like this big gobbledygook of yeah <laughs> of in undefined parameters and everyone's kind of like getting through it together speaking so, of I think know, at a certain like point that's a great that's a, that's a great segue <laughs> into postman oh uh, yeah right 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 in time for my birthday yeah. yeah, Postmates dropped him. Wait, uh, real, uh, real quick, Elliot, yeah. did you spend your birthday with any gentleman? The listener no gentleman, no, no okay, gentleman. No, gen- no gentleman, all right, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Elliot. No, for, for uh, almost, June is terror is just a lot for me. I was going to say terrifying, but it's just a lot for me. I, pride is a lot. My birthday is a thing. Uh, it's, 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 June is just a lot between those two things alone. And it's all self-subscribed. It's all self, uh, self-subscribed pressure. So it's not, yeah. you know, I don't right. have to feel pressure from any of these things, but I do. Mm-hmm. And um, Postmates only made it worse this week when they introduced a bottom friendly menu that um, was meant to celebrate pride month, a menu that is, I guess, meant for being, Good, good for bottoms before sex. I couldn't really stomach like actually looking into it. And uh, it, it's genuinely so upsetting to me. We're not upsetting. Yeah. It's just so depressing to me that um, I, I couldn't really give much credence to it. I thought it was, I, I literally thought it was a goof. And then I, I couldn't even dive into the, well, the back and forth and the backlash and the, and the backlash to the backlash. Well, they're really, it's sort of so, a bag. It's not, it's backlash and a lot of support. Of course. I, I guess at the at, at the end of the day, I just couldn't get over how like irrationally graphic um, the thought of so Postmates is a company that coordinates people delivering food to other people. So at the end of the day, that is how they make their money. If if we were doing the Shark Tank ver- version <laughs> of Postmates, and, and Mr. Wonderful was like, "So how do you make money?" That's what it is. And yet they had an ad 
talking about eating certain foods that would, I guess, make you shit better or cleaner well, or yeah, they're, they're high fiber <laughs> foods that help for that right. lead to a healthy gut. Yes. Right. Which, which is nothing wrong with that, but you're just like, holy shit. That is like wildly graphic <laughs> for a, like a very standard large company <sighs> trying yeah. to appeal to well, I, huge swaths of the population. You know, I think that it's, mm. it's, it's a problematic ad. I don't think because of the content necessarily of the ad. I think, I think there is there does need to be more conversations around queer sexuality, the some of the biological needs of queer sexuality and the things that go into it. And we don't learn that in school, and we should in a lot of ways. Brent is going to faint in a second, but I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is very helpful that we have an actual conversation and dialogue around what it means to have anal sex. And and we don't have that because we we sensationalize it or make it sort of like a, oh my God, shocking conversation and it yeah. doesn't need to be. That said though, there is a person on Instagram and there's many people on Instagram, but there's one person, the Bottoms Digest, who does a great job of talking about health and food and bottoming and the, the sort of, the, the way you should be leading a conversation in this thing. You have a queer person who is, scientifically creating menus that that are good for people who want to have anal sex gay or straight doesn't matter for anyone who wants to have anal sex and this what postmates is doing is having a tongue-in-cheek using queer people using queer influencers because it was queer people who created then wrote the script for postmates and using them to then just make a profit there's no conversation about bottoming there's no conversation about anal sex really it's all about just eat this if you want a bottom, <laughs> and then Postmates gets money, and that's it. Yeah, that's all it was. And 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 here's here's the here's the the rub is that if you if you if you complain about it or if you if you respond to it in in a remotely negative way, the backlash is that you are kink shaming, your body shaming, your sex shaming, your sex <laughs> negative. I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I I was just I was I know, but I was just lurking in in like on the tweet and just seeing all these people being like furious at a, a lot of people were like did the sort of uh res, the queer response you know would be a meme of like the muppet babies just looking like baffled like everybody just staring yeah. so that was i think people sort of in the camp of like huh because it's not a it, to me it's not about being ashamed of anal sex it's about the it's the fact that it starts without being scientific and treated like something that is not just quote unquote that women give men on their birthdays yeah. and that men do like and that's the only definition of gay sex for men so in this case for me it's like it's self-imposed yeah so it's gay it's it's like the gay it's the gay community using science for pride equating it to pride which is not the same thing it also then i think uh in, incorporates the idea that gay sex is just this or it's mostly this or it has to be this yeah. it also insinuates that there should be a sense of shame around mistakes yeah. Or, yeah. Or, or 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 not being prepared or whatever it, it or 100 percent clean yeah. so correct to speak. Or, and, and i'm all, done with this conversation i'm gonna pass no, it, those, it, those it mistakes yeah. should be a part those mistakes should be about having a conversation about health and queer science health and, and right, di right. exactly it shouldn't the mistakes are a part of the health conversation and it's okay to make it funny and it's okay of to course. say to say oh you should be eating this and lol don't eat that burrito like that's okay to do it's just don't do it in a way that's literally just about profit this is all this was and 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 it, and it just connects it to the argument that pride is corporatized and it's just another yeah. example of it in a way that is to brent's point you're like whoa okay that is that is that is graphic and and uh but i also think oh no i think a well, big important part of it too is just to note that again again without having to say anything my one question is do women have butts yeah but uh, what it, it, did you it was interesting to watch um because i was watching some of the comments on and postmates was definitely policing the comments so there were a lot of comments that were deleted, mm -hmm. a lot of comments of course they were there's a lot of stuff that was that was curated in that comment thread but one thing that they were doing and that a lot of people were doing were saying that oh well these were queer influencers and queer content creators and queer people who are behind creating this ad and they were very clear in putting that at postmates themselves as an account were very clear they misspelled their comment but that they were very clear in saying that this they're so proud that it was queer content creators who wrote this script and came up with this idea. 
Great. And you know what? That's great. Hire more queer people. Hire hire all kinds of marginalized people. You should be doing that in general, not just in the month of June for this one thing you want to do to make a profit off of. But that's not the point. That's and, not why. And that also doesn't crap. make it. Yeah. And that also doesn't make it not problematic or if, yeah. if you're offended by it, it doesn't help. It doesn't it doesn't matter one way or the other. The people who wrote the copy are queer and no slight. I mean, no slight it to the it people just doesn't. Who, no slight. Of course not. Who, who wrote the copy are influencers with hundreds of thousands of followers, whatever. Like, get your coin. That's fine. Do what you right. the corporate money. But also the problem is the corporate company leading this and doing this, not the people. Not, not it's, the topic it's, it's this this is becoming a really consistent um, complaint about pride, and I guess I I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the uh, the disagreement with the corporatization of pride. Like I I, I get the fundamental arguments, but like that's that's America. A fucking everything America, in this country. You can also you can still make a pride. They could have still done this ad, made a profit off of it, and done it in a different way that allowed a not a deeper conversation but more insight into what they're talking this was literally sure, the i don't i don't disagree definition with that. of sort of like a fart joke that's what this ad was it was a stupid I, I couldn't fart joke that's what I, I that's where i i agree with it i think it's it it does it, it does yeah it, it really reduces it to a fart joke kind of thing and but i but what's really unique about it is that the moment you even say something like that there really are there really does seem like and i'm watching as a voyeur this army of people within the community who want to you know <laughs> burn you at the stake for having any sense of criticism about something that you should altogether be you know far and away 100 percent on board with because yeah. it's queer well i i mean we've talked about this innumerable times on the podcast but i've never known uh, a minority community that embraces its stereotypes more than the gay community we just love the most egregious stereotypes and uh of no, ourselves they're egregious but we do we do lean yeah. into stereotypes but i wouldn't say they're necessarily alan egregious. alan you know what <laughs> listeners alan doesn't like my adjectives because they're very powerful brent did this on the other podcast too where i'm literally talking about a scientist giving a fact and he's like well they are categorically wrong and it's like they're a scientist well, they went to school for 10 years this for this. <laughs> the scientist you were quoting is quite literally a buffoon. Um, but anyway, anyway, I think we should. Just, I think there should be like I think like caviar or um, DoorDash should just do a, like a, a response to the pro, to their uh, Postmates prom promotion and just have it be about like just diapers, just just <laughs> di diapers for bottoms, or, and also women like. Also, women, women yeah. have butts like women, yeah. have women all, are completely all types of genders. I don't think I don't think the ad was necessarily gendered in that way. Necessarily. It wasn't. It was it, it, it even though it came from a queer male perspective, it. Yeah. It, the content of it legitimately was about butts. It wasn't that wasn't yeah. the gendered part of it. Yeah. No, it's just I mean, across the board, I find that pride is like seems more than I, I, maybe it's me. Maybe it's being um, maybe it's being a pessimist, but I'm like, I'm just. I'm so blown away by the like the I've the aged wide, out the, of the, it. The, yeah, the no the the, yeah. the the bigness of like the big tent that pride is supposed to be, and then how often I just see that it's so separate where it's just yeah like even like it's just through the the, the male gaze and it's just about men and 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 uh, uh, and men and their attraction to each other and it, and it yeah. seems just we have leave out everybody else. We were at a at a, a child's birthday party today and it was mostly straight people that were there and it was funny because like I was having a conversation with with um, one woman who was there and we were just talking about pride and I was just commenting being like I feel like at this point pride is for straight people to show that they like queer people like that's, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of where yeah. we've gone and maybe that's yeah. a sign of progress I don't know but it it does yeah. kind of because I'm just I, I feel like when whenever someone tells me happy pride, I want to be like, thanks, I'm exhausted because it's like, yeah, that <laughs> like, like we've had two weeks of this in Los Angeles, here. two weeks of pride. It will last the entire month because of social media. But for literally in, in Los Angeles, we had WeHo pride. And then today we had L.A. pride and there's been all these parties and things around it. And I'm so glad that so many queer people are that I know who work and drag and other things. They're out there making money and they're it's a good. It's a good time for them. But I'm exhausted. I would love to know if if um, if the listeners, if you guys and gals and everyone in between has any interest in chiming in in our DMs. We'd love to know if you share 
any sort of yeah. apathy about pride. And it's not mm-hmm. even necessarily negative feelings per se, but if you just have an apathy about it and you don't, and you feel like you're mm-hmm. also um, <laughs> uh, uh, scrutinized for not necessarily marching in the streets with, with flags. Cause yeah. that, I, I certainly feel that I have pride in being gay, but I, but I, I don't feel compelled to, yeah, celebrate it in the way that people do. Send us some DMs. It's just Maybe the merriment the of it. Is... We can we can play some of those messages. That'd be great to yes. have. Send us some send us some voice messages on Instagram. You can do that through the DM, and we'll play them in the next. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Do that on uh, Brent as Brent says. www <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> Not even joke. We are here with um, Colton Haynes, uh, actor and now author. Is memoirist a term? It is. Memoirist? If it isn't, it is now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Right. Well, Colton, we're happy to have you again uh, almost two years later than, yeah. no, forget probably, it, two years. More. Three more. Years. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's been, well, yeah, it's been like, long? It's been yeah. four, four years because oh, I, yeah. It, yeah, I think it's been maybe even a little longer than four years. I, I think it was, I think it was just trying four years because Elliot had just turned 43 years old. So yeah. Was, <laughs> yeah. Four years ago now. That's right. Yeah. 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 Looks, yeah. Great. Looks great. Looks it great. Looks great. Really how, how old are you, Elliot? 38. Okay. So I, that's what I thought. I thought you were, yeah. I was like, you're not. He's a very handsome, youthful looking 38. Year I old. don't, thank you for <laughs> apologizing for, <laughs> insinuating that I'm mad at being 38. <laughs> well, how are you? How are you doing? Things are yeah, good. How are you doing, Colton? Things are good. I definitely wasn't um, wasn't expecting um, to be doing a lot of. Uh, I mean, I knew I was going to be doing press for the book, but what I didn't realize was like once you finish the book, there I, in my head I was done. Yeah. But no, it it only just begins, and then you then you end up like like having to talk to like all these people who ask really, really like ask questions that are just like ridiculous. And I'm like, I don't talk about Team Wolf or Arrow in my book. I mention (laughs) it once. I mention it once and then it ends up on all the headlines. And I'm like, yeah, but that's how you know you've done done a book that people actually want to read, you know, because people want to talk to you about it. So that's a compliment that you're doing so much for this book. I'm really thankful that people like actually want to talk to me anymore. So I'm just, you know, I'm very, very happy. And I'm, of course, I'm, it's always, I'm always happy to be with Elliot. So yeah. oh, as, as are we, but I'm the same way. I'm thrilled Think when anyone, when even like a friend of mine texts, I'm like, all right, I still got it. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess still people oh, still yeah. want to talk. It. Literally I got it. I had that today. I, I had a friend I haven't spoken to since long before the pandemic. You know, the pandemic, you kind of lost touch with some people and you're not sure. seeing them regularly, whatever. He texted me out of the blue and I'm like, I still got it. People still got it. Yeah, me. I'm still fun. I'm still yeah. fun. Right. <laughs> right. I made a made a lasting impression. Yeah. Right. right. So so Colton, tell us tell us a little bit about the book. You know, feel free to emote or, or say whatever you'd like. Oh, oh gosh, it's it's definitely it's a very very um, it's not at all what people um, are gonna expect, uh, which has been kind of nice because when people read it, they're a little shocked because I it's basically. It takes you from like where I grew up um, in Kansas, like a town of 600 people into kind of um, into kind of right away. You, I end up kind of using my body to to um, kind of get that attention and that love that I really never felt like I had. Um, and I think a lot of people can relate to that. And so at a very young age, I was um, uh, some sexual things were happening with uh, someone in my family. And then that kind of uh, quickly by the age I was like, 13, 14 started a pretty intense sexual relationship with a police officer. Um, so that's the basically the beginning of the book. And then uh, <laughs> no, then, it's right. a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. Then, yeah. Then I, <laughs> yeah. Then I start, you know, working at a bar called Big Daddy's, and then I moved to LA and all this stuff. So yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, it's definitely an emotional um, roller coaster, you know, could someone say? Yeah. <laughs> it definitely, it, that wasn't a very good, a good job for me explaining the book because I think now I'm like, Fuck, there's 50 things that, that it's about um sure. and so well, how, could it, how could it not be you, you know it's about your it's about like your life it's your life yeah and it's weird to like i'm just happy that i got to take two months away from it i i don't know if you saw my i mean that i was basically losing my mind elliot whenever we were doing the i saw pilot. it yeah. um yeah i definitely <laughs> it was the hardest thing i've ever done writing the book and i i just didn't think i was not going to sleep for almost you know three years and um 
but once I'm, I read it, when I read it now, I'm just really proud of it. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah it's, but it was it's a, definitely, I mean, like, it was such an emotional, uh, such an emotional um, journey to take in putting in, in writing the book itself. Like we were working on a project uh, and that's when we got to know each other and you even just over dinner, when you started just, we started chat, chatting about your life. It was like, holy shit. <laughs> One thing after the next was like, Oh my, I couldn't believe it. And so the idea of channeling that all into a memoir during the height of COVID while we were making this pilot and you have a cat who is out of his mind insane. Like those three things alone were enough for me to be like- expecting that, yeah. Oh yeah, he has an insane cat. Yeah, his name's Timothy Chalamet. He's really, he's just really, really murderous and he's still that way. Um, And he's in love with his, say it again. Does he like peaches? Because of Timothy, like Timothy Chalamet. Call me by your name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fuck the peach. Everyone knows was, Timothy oh. Chalamet, fuck the peach. <laughs> that was, was really, that was so smart. I, I, I don't think he's tried it, but if he, I mean, I'm sure he's doing something. But um, that would be so terrible to walk into. I walk in on my cat and some peaches. Yeah, I, I do. I do love that Elliot's like you are going to, through such a hard time, and you talked about being in a relationship at the age of thirteen with a police officer and all this difficult stuff working at Big Daddy's, and he's like, and your cat is really hectic. <laughs> well, your cat's like, real. It's it's That's real. True. His cat is a is, but God, God bless that cat is Wait, a why? lot. Wait, why is yeah, the yeah, cat a lot? Yeah, of so, okay, right. basically, I you know I was like a lot of people in the pandemic. I was like, I need a friend. I need an animal. So I was like, I'm finally gonna get a cat. So I, I picked the cat who was just completely standoffish because I was rescuing him. Yeah. And I was like, I want him to, to like earn his love. And then come to find out, they check his chip. Well, I can't take him to the vet because they call him a stage five risk. So he's too dangerous to go. So I had to pay for the fucking vet to come to my house. He attacks my vet. My vet files an insurance claim on me. And then I find out in, I didn't know you could find out things like this in animals chips. Basically, I find out that I've been harboring a fugitive for two months. <laughs> my cat, my cat killed another cat. No way. And was basically like on cat, like death, like cat row, like death row. And then, so that's when I rescued him. And then, so yeah, I just basically found out that I, yeah, have a murderous cat. Yeah. He loves me so much, but there we go. So the cat doesn't attack. Well, only when it took me. It didn't work. So for five days, a couple of weeks ago, five days, I tried to get him in the crate to take him to the vet. But and I ended up like breaking my bed frame and like couldn't get him in the in the crate. But no, he doesn't attack me unless I, you know, go for him. But he sleeps cat, right here. And the vet had to come over and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the vet have to tranquilize him through the crate while he while in your home to even take yeah. him <laughs> through? So basically, once I got him in the crate, tranquilize him through the the vial, I guess, didn't work. And then they even gave him some like, I don't know if it's like cat weed or something, not, not cat <laughs> mint, but like CBD and yeah. nothing works on this fucking cat. And then I find out he's like, he's part Bengal. Oh. So that's, that's a wild cat. Tiger. Yeah. yeah or whatever. Yeah. So that's yeah, it's, it's, it's a, yeah. Man, See, Brent, I wasn't, I wasn't yes, over, over, I stand <laughs> overstepping. <corrected>. I want to <laughs> ask you about like, so the thing I think when you first sort of, you know, was getting prominent and like you were on the shows and everything was happening a lot of queer people were like oh he's the guy from xy xy magazine like we grew up with xy it was a big deal for yeah, was we talked about it a bunch in my, yeah. yeah we yeah. talked about a bunch in this podcast and yeah the, the xy kind of turned into a debacle for you and you were kind of subsequently forced to stay in the closet after that like what can you explain all of that what was that like yeah, basically, you know, I was super proud whenever they, they reached out to me on MySpace when I was um, when I was a senior in high school. So and I was on the younger I was on the younger side of my class. So I think I was 15 or 16, I think, is when I first heard from them. And then um, I was super excited. I I basically told my mom that um, I basically was never going to talk to her again unless she signed the, the release. She did. And then I shot it not knowing really that it was going to be a recurring thing that would come up in my career. And basically I was out and after I came out of the closet, I was 14. So the last two years of high school, um, I traveled to different high schools, but um, I was out. And so then, you know, once it came out, I was so excited. Like I I had a box that I brought and sold to kids at school for like $15 a magazine. Cause I was like, (laughs) these are, I was like, these are my free magazines. I need like, I need lunch money. So um, so then, so basically I, I was super proud of it. And then I moved to LA and then that's when, that's basically when I I started working with a manager who was saying that 
if you want to live your dreams, you, you have to change every single thing about yourself. And so I then had to go to um, different movement for the actor classes and speech therapy classes because I had a list and I was, and so I did change a lot of things about myself and then uh, to kind of match my, my physical. And so to play like the jock or, you know, I guess how I look. And so then once I started doing that, it all kind of things started, I guess, working. And then my mental health just kept de deteriorating. But um, I actually had an idea post all the, the press stuff, which I, sh I wish I should have fucking shot the cover of XY again for the promotion of this. Oh my yeah. God, yeah, that would have been I brilliant. Had, I had this idea like a week ago and I was like, Oh, but it's that. not being published anymore, right? It's it's defunct. Well, oh, it is. Someone someone oh, is someone it? told me that it was. Oh, yeah, okay. it got brought back for I don't know if it still uh, is, but it got brought back not too long ago, and I don't know what it is like now. But, uh, oh, Coke yeah. Coke Industries, I think, brought it back. They're publishing it yeah. now. Um, <laughs> uh, wait, so so do, when you look, uh, we all I think in entertainment, um, we all have those people in our lives at one point or, or another who kind of lead us astray. Like, do you, when you look back on that first manager, are you, are you mad? Are you bitter about it? Or are you like fine that they kind of, did you recognize the utility of sort of being, you know, uh, helping quote unquote, unquote, helping your career by being more straight acting or whatever? You know, I don't have any ill will. Like that's why in the book, I don't, it's not a, um, I definitely don't point fingers. I, I change names and things like that. Cause I, I don't, you know, especially now that I've been sober for almost four years, I like definitely don't have that feeling of wanting to hurt people who hurt me. So I think that that's, I've come a long way. Cause if I was still getting fucked up every day, this would have been a fucking smear beast. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I, um, I basically, I don't have any, I'm not upset about it. I think I do find myself longing like every day, even like I, it's, it's still a little hard for me to, be kind of I'm still figuring out how to be out and like I do long for that like that teenager who you know was being a go-go boy at a you know gay bar called Big Daddy's and I long for that kind of freedom and you know I look I kind of wish I think you know a lot of people say this but I my anonymity um I kind of wish that there was a little bit of that back but at the same time you know I now get to you know, my story hopefully gets to inspire other people. But yeah. so I definitely with with the whole uh, being out, I'm very happy for my mental health. But, you know, for my career, I think we're, we still live in an industry where, um, you know, you still can't name like one leading like there's not a gay Brad Pitt. Like there's not you know, we there are there are. Thank God it's starting to get better with, um, you know, inclusivity and things like that. But I, I don't really know if. I would have a career right now um, yeah. if, if I wasn't, but, but I'm so, yeah. Let me throw this out. I mean, I do think Harvey Firestein is, is, a, is, a, leading, <laughs> is a leading man in a lot of, I think he was on Fiddler uh, on Broadway in 2016. So, you know, I'll, I'll, we can agree to disagree on that, but, uh -oh. but yeah, I, I hear that completely. I mean, but now, now, I mean, I'm about to watch, I want to see Fire Island. I'm like super excited to watch that. And then, um, but yeah, it's definitely, I think, that, I mean, I don't know, Ellie, you might be able to talk to this as well, but like it, it's changing, but it's just, it, it's still a little bit of like, in just in the whole industry, it's very like, there can be one, there can be one. Well, yeah, or, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, or I, if you look like me, it's like, I, I fell into that, like, I love Ryan Murphy, like this isn't shade, but like that meme that went around of like yeah. the Ryan Murphy days, it was like, all of us literally look exactly the same. And I'm like, I, like that's not a good message to be sending to like other queer kids in the world. Insane or like privilege. Insane yeah, they're like, oh, so you're white and you look like you know those that stereotype. Then you can work. And so that was something because it kind of I didn't understand why ever why people were so pissed off at me um, and like mad after I came out and things yeah, like that. There's and such so a retaliatory tone that's been taken towards you from I feel like I, I from get the, it now though. Yeah, what what can what is I it? Think I think it's because I was sending a message like to a lot of people being like, you know what? Oh, great. He's gay. And you can exist in this industry if you're like Colton. So if you lose every like affect all your mannerisms and things like that, if you're straight acting and gay, then you can participate in this, you know, this Hollywood game. And so once I realized that it took me forever to, to realize it. I was like, oh, I, I totally fucking get it. I was sending the completely wrong message. So well, and it's also, yeah, but I mean, there's, there's also the element of like, you know, 
you can come out and there will be work because of the way you look or there'll be five others like the Ryan you were saying with Ryan Murphy and stuff but there aren't many like where's the John Goodman of the gays that's what I want I want I want I want the regular (laughs) actor who's famous who's winning awards who's doing great things but maybe you know there's the variety of different types of gays for sure I mean Zach I would say Zachary Quinto is successful and not conventionally Mm -hmm. attractive I I mean in my opinion at least oh I think so but I hear you completely Alan yeah 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 yeah, yeah. He's still solidly above But it's average. also a sizeless thing too. You know, you also have to have a size 32 waist or below if you're going to get anywhere. Yeah. And if you come out, like, you know, you coming out is a big deal. But if the kid from Glee who sat in the back row and had a great voice, but maybe had a size 38 waist, like no one's going to give a fuck about him for maybe another week. Like it's, it's there's yeah. a, there's definitely a discrepancy. And it's, it's the perception. I think, you know, I, I also, I mean, I, after I came out and, this is not at all like, oh my God, I'm complaining, but I'm, I'm figuring it out. But I literally like, we'll get like five auditions a year and it's to play the gay best friend. And mm. my, the way I look competes with the way the leads are. So I don't ever get, so, but yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing. The perception of how you're, you're perceived. Um, well, I, 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 I never played, I never played a gay best I always say, I mean, I've said to you many times, like, again, it's your experience, obviously, but it, it people seem to, pr- to pretend that like people want to act as though the cultural um atmosphere wasn't different years a year ago two years yeah. ago three years ago so when oh, you yeah. were forced to stay in the closet and then you on came out show. on a teen show on a teen show. hot for girls like that's a big yeah. weight to carry but at the yeah. end of the day like you had to do what was working for you at the moment yeah. you're a human being who has evolved but also even back then i was like why are people trying to force Anderson Cooper out of the closet or Jodie yeah. Foster? Like, why is it anybody else's responsibility? Like, it's not, no one put it on you as an actor to be the face of inspiration to queer people, nor did they do that to- uh, Unless you're baiting <laughs> queer people. I mean, there's a big difference between, and nowadays mm, right. with media, there's a big difference between people who will bait queer people into a yeah, yeah. queer narrative when it's like, dude, just come out and, or leave us alone. Like, stop. Uh-huh. It. You weren't doing I it. feel like- yeah, I mean, I feel like it's now, it's it's the, I feel bad for people who are still questioning whether or not to come out. And because nowadays, and I went through the same thing, it's, you know, um, the uh, the anger of, you know, trying to force someone to come out of the closet, and then you come out of the closet, and then they abandon you. Yeah. And so that's right. it, because so it's almost like the audiences or, you know, people online want, they'd rather speculate about it, and like, talk about it, and like, you know, put asterisks on people, asterisks and people's names in the Twitter search bar. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when they come out, then it's the, I told you so, then it's okay, then it's move, let's move on to the next person who might be in the glass closet. Mm-hmm. And I, there are a couple of people, obviously not any names, but like, I feel bad for the people who people speculate about because if they do come out, it, it, the mental health, like it, it's just such a mental game. And it's just, you know, I feel yeah. bad for, what's, I just wish what's, people were nicer. Yeah. What's, what's yeah. wild Same. is that I, I went to um, a Dodgers game yesterday and Brent is a wow, huge Dodgers Matt. fan. Very massive. No, Brent, Brent is, Brent is, is a huge baseball dog. fan. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the joke. He had two foot longs in his yes. lap. <laughs> but um, so I'm at the baseball game and I'm texting with Brent because Brent loves the Dodgers and baseball in general. And I was just like, it is, you know, as much as we live in a world where people are in entertainment, like ber- berating <laughs> Colton for coming out on his own um, timeline mm-hmm. and having many feelings and, 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 and evolving around it and trying to do the best he can. But there's all these caveats and there's people telling him what to do and people telling him what not to do and social media. Then I'm at a baseball game and there are no out baseball players. There's like, yeah. if still any, there's still none. And, and the same applies in basketball and football and in, in big sports in, in the sports world. It yeah. is still so wildly male rare. Sports. Not so much female, but male, male sports, of yeah. course. Oh, I mean, Elliot, w- how dare you exclude the WNBA? <laughs> but, but, but to, to connect with what you're saying, you were kind Please. of talking about how it's like, it's freeing to be in this environment where like, 
people aren't breathing down your neck about gay pride, even though it's gay, gay pride month, uh, obviously in Los Angeles. Oh yes. That's what I was saying. People it's, it's kind of, and I, I feel the same way. That's sort of why I moved downtown as opposed to West Hollywood. That's why I like going to baseball games is because you're reminded that like, you know, you're in a pretty liberal city and there's probably a lot of very accepting people at that ball game. But like, you're also reminded that not everyone gives a fuck or talks all day long about gay rights or, or things like that. And that, that can be actually very refreshing, I think. And that's what you were experiencing, Elliot. It was, but and to, Col- but to Colton's point, I'm like, oh, right. Like not only to be there where I'm, it, it's, a, it's a reminder that like, as much as people want to put all the pressure on you, Colton, as an actor to, to come out and make your personal life as public as your professional be life. be a metaphor I, for queer people. As much as they want you to do that, there still exists outside of like, our bubbles, yeah. a world like a, being at a baseball game where it's like there are no out baseball players. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so it's still very real. Yeah. And to, and as Brent was saying, it was a very sobering reminder to me. So I always try to tell you to have, you know, take a little pressure off yourself because it's just the, the, the Internet especially is so good at yeah. Just pointing fingers at people about business. Don't don't even look at the comments. <laughs> post and go. Post and go. That's what I do. Yeah. I post and go. That's, me too. I can't. I can't handle it because it's just so like, like I don't give people their headlines. They they every single person like in or at least who really not everyone but ninety percent of people who posted um, like articles about this skimmed through the book, found the two lines that have nothing to do with my book, and then that's been the headline that's like you know yeah. populating the whole internet. And I'm like, can you guys at least put a link? Like, I, this <laughs> right. like, my, like it really, it's like, and also it's lazy. It's lazy reporting because like, yeah. this is an article. I've been talking about this shit for fucking five years. It's like the same, like one, two little things that blur, like the blurbs. Yeah. And so, but that, that, but what I really do love is just like that, that like the people who've read it are really, they're completely understanding exactly what I through basically me losing myself and then finding my way back to myself again through writing this book, like they're finding all of the like really heartfelt and I'm not censored at all in in the book. And it's like really, really sexual and really dark and really fucking sad. And I was like, great. I'm over here. I'm like one of the pride books of like one of the pride books (laughs) of the month. And I'm going to be the reason why all of these days check into like mental health facilities. (laughs) It's the most depressing book. I think that's a good thing though, because it's sort of, it's sort of the, the epitome of why we even do this podcast and that like, yeah, I hate there's, there's a, there's a thing that happens and I have this with, I do drag and like in the drag world, there's, there's a whole sort of kumbaya. It's all about, it gets better. It's all about you're beautiful. You're different, be yourself. And it's like, no, I want to be able to tell a gay person you're actually being an asshole right now. You're and being like, an asshole, and it's okay yeah. to. And it's not homophobic. And it's not homophobic, and it's okay for you, Colton, to tell a dark, depressing story or to talk about your past in ways, and to not have to carry the weight of being sort of like I'm the harbinger of homosexuals. I must Correct. be a leader. I must. I must lead the pride parade. No, just tell your story so that people, someone can relate to it and maybe feel better or worse or whatever they want to feel. I don't even feel comfortable enough because of my, like, because uh, there only is a handful of like working, you know, gay actors. Like I, I would love, yeah, I'd love to be out there and do that, but I don't want to do a meet and greet. Uh, I don't, I, I, and that sounds very like, it sounds bad. It's just like, I do wish that I was still able to, um, I'm trying to sit, like say something without like, I just, I don't want to sound complainy. But it's also I, like I wish that I could just go and like dance, like dance and like have fun and and without like without um, I don't know I guess without taking yeah. like all these pictures all, like with people yeah. and I'm just like can I just like have fun? Wait, do That's why wanna, I don't I don't. They want to take pictures with you because you're famous or because like you came out or like what what do you mean by that? I mean I think it's just I, the hardest thing for me is when people like take pictures or or things like that and then they they post something online and they say something bad. I'm like, yeah, why'd you fucking God. ask to take a picture with me? Yeah, that's- um, People are assholes. Um, <laughs> People are, are terrible. Can we go back for one second? Because I want to talk about this. Alan was talking about doing drag and how it's not always kumbaya for him. My yeah, favorite yeah, moment yeah. of a drag show ever, Alan, whose uh, drag persona is Sadie Pines, the only yeah, drag queen I care ask. about. I was going to ask. Yeah. What the, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sadie Pines. So someone had just performed, another drag queen had just performed to I'm a so Selena. I'm what you're going to say. <laughs> 
do a Selena song. So Selena, you know, the singer. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then without any explanation after the song, Sadie Pines goes, you know what? Fuck Yolanda, who's the woman who killed <laughs> Selena. Killed Selena. <laughs> but without any explanation. So Ellie and I are like sobbing with laughter. And like, I, I think it obviously went, it over, went over a lot of people's heads. heads. I, I'm sorry. Fuck Yolanda. I still maintain this, but I it also think Yolanda would be a great like I would have died laughing. Yeah. I would have died laughing. It, it, it was I'd fuck Yolanda. Any Sadie Pines, any Sadie Pines show is well attended. Let me just say that. <laughs> Wait, before we, before we go, because we're going to wrap up, I just want to ask one question. All of, all, all of all of this, like all of this and, and Miss Memory Lane that the memoir is like, it's so cerebral and there's your story is so uh, dynamic and intense. Um, but also you have a gay older brother. Yeah. And yeah. And but did he come out first? Like what, how, how did and you're you're close. And so how did that relationship impact you as a kid who came out as a 14 year old and then into adulthood having to go back into the closet well y'all are the reason why i even knew what boyfriend twins was because that was the name of our episode <laughs> and that's when we, i remember that because so my brother and his husband they are they look identical right. um i remember but that. so but so basically like bearded and stuff, they, right? yeah. yeah yeah they're just like one's taller ones yeah one's shorter yeah. but um basically they i have i'm one of seven but all most of us are half so I, I didn't meet my older brother until I was, I met him like one time when I was a kid, but then oh. we had a re, we had a reconnection whenever I became, when I was like an adult around like 19, I think. And we became instantly close. But so, um, but my brother, my brother's also, he like works for the government. He lives in Berlin. He speaks 12 fluent languages. Wow. He used to live, he used to live in Africa and Morocco and he's the smartest person I've ever met. And it, like, and then there's like me. And so I'm just like, what does I, that I'm like, mean? I'm like, well, I, you wrote I a book. The then there's me. Yeah, like, you wrote a book. You're a no, like, I, I can definitely. It's just there's a different level of um. I, it's just a different uh, level of it. like. I get it. Oh, yeah, we get. But so, but so, tell yourself, you wrote a book and you're a public. Yeah, come on, that's something. Uh, yeah, to be said. But I'm very, but you know, I definitely chose to be in this industry. But uh, <laughs> but my brother, my brother is um, he's helped me with a lot of things. He definitely. Um, he, yeah, I mean, he's definitely just always been there for me. And he also brought me, this is not really off topic. When we reconnected, he's like, Hey, let's meet up in New York. I went to New York. He's like, let's go out and let's go to a gay bar. And I'm like, cool. And me, my brother and his husband went to a bar called on Christmas Eve, by the way, hmm. called the cock. Oh um, yeah. I've been they to brought the me, yeah. they brought me to the cock and like, we're like, like it was incredible, but I don't want to be there with my brother. Oh, no, like, sure. No, so, you, gotta, yeah. you gotta lean yeah. into it. Leave your brother in the corner and go into that dark corner on the other side. Yeah. I've been there. Oh, yeah. oh, I went to the bathroom and then I came back and I was like, "My, are you really just gonna like be hooking up with someone yes. with your husband right there?" <laughs> yeah. My God. Yeah. Wait, I, Brent, yeah. did you actually ever go to the cock? I actually don't. I think I might have gone once, literally. Um, but that was one of these East Village bars I never frequented. Let me tell you a story. I went once and it was it was genuinely. I once we went to Boiler Room where Brent and I would go often in New York City and he would leave you would leave I guess around whenever it closed I guess 2 a.m. and I lived down the street from Boiler Room but where you lived in Williamsburg right Brent? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so Brent would go back okay. to Williamsburg and I would be like oh I'm, I'm itching for more and so I would go around the corner to the cock and <laughs> itching doing do something at the cock and and it would be yeah. that little dark corner i never brought my brother there but my brother's more he wouldn't want to go i do love that the story quote about me was about me leaving yep. Yep. and alan was like oh, then well, because i, I knew he would never go but the whole night i would be i would be with brent at the at the boiler room we'd be having a great time he'd be well he was already drunk because he didn't want to pay for drinks at boiler room so Whoa. he was just drunk <laughs> and then i went and you yeah, and you, I quote, needed more. We have to do that again. <laughs> itching, 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 no, he was itching, itching for more. Itching for more. We got to isolate that. It scratched. Thank you. We got to isolate that. There was a well, shimmy to it too. Yeah, a shimmy. Yeah. 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 Well, everybody should definitely go buy Miss Memory Lane. Uh, I and it. it's I so. It. I wish I have it here, but I did buy it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah the audio book. The audiobook's intense. I cry the, the base of the last half of it, and it's really emotional. So. Although, how funny would it have been if you hired like? Rachel Dratch or sort of like somebody oh, yeah. <laughs> to read to read it for you. Some very book. random choice. I would die. I would I would <laughs> love that. 
Sarah Val does that with all her books. She doesn't read her books. Oh, yeah. That's she gets other right. people to narrate them. It's really funny. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think Bob Vila narrates them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Colton, thank you so much for being here and for being here uh, four years later. And yeah. we're glad you're sober and a, and a writer now. Um, and uh, our pilot never get never got made, but one day I'll post day. on Instagram and get justice on. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it makes no sense too because it was fucking amazing. But thanks, thanks. Baka. Oh wow. Baka. Thank oh, you, wow. Colton. Thanks, Colton. Thank you for having me. And another thing, we have an Elliot Laser <laughs> classic for us uh, for an and another thing this week. Uh, Elliot, who you know does a fantastic job of. Of, of cobbling together our outlines for these podcasts, wanted to ask us so we could discuss for the podcast, <laughs> do you carry cash in what? <laughs> and what about change? So. <laughs> it's just uh, so, we're, I we're, love, I just love the, the like genuinely, like give me, I want to talk mundanity, about the most yeah. random mundane <laughs> shit. Um, do you so carry I, cash, Brent? I well, wait, wait, wait. There, we should. I, we we all know the. Your friends know the answer that Brent carries at least a dollar because <laughs> anybody who knows Brent knows that his gag and his bit at a meal or in any capacity, especially when somebody is paying for something, yeah. he gives a dollar to <laughs> you and says, "Take this, take this, yeah. take this." No, he'll yeah, have, also include it. You'll he'll sometimes Venmo too. No, he'll Venmo request. <laughs> right. He'll Venmo request ten thousand dollars. A large amount of money. A lot yeah. of money. Yeah. And I also will <laughs> offer to pay for the meal using my Ralph's rewards cards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your Vaughn's card. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I do you carry, I carry cash? <laughs> Yes, I carry a wallet. Uh, I don't have a lot of cash in it. I usually I usually have like 20 bucks and that's it. I find that like the more cash I spend, the more I just blow it on stupid shit. Mm -hmm. So I, I almost always have <laughs> two to three dollars. <laughs> and I, I have a, a change, uh, a change bowl at home where I keep my changed uh, what is your wallet what is your wallet? It's just a basic leather wallet. Yep, very basic brown leather, kind of tight, very compact. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tight wet it's very wet um, <laughs> i've yeah. i think i've i'm probably the closest to you in that well i don't know i'm sort of between you and alan and i know alan's answer but i can say that i carry cash more often than i'd like i'd like to yeah, be in, cashless in, in big bags you create a big bag <laughs> yeah, with, with number with the dollar signs on the on the on the front right. of them so that i can a burglar can carry them at any, <laughs> away at any point uh, no i carry them i carry a little bit of cash but I always have my, I always prefer the, my cash, my wallet and my phone all in one, this like flip phone, this flip wallet. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I've tried to do the wallet before, like Brent, I've tried to do money clips. I've tried mm -hmm. different sure. things. I want as little things as pocket in my phone and wallet. That, that's what terrifies me about those. Yeah. Um, I guess in a sense, but you know, what's also silly about it too, is that even though it is compact, but even though there is the possibility of those things both being stolen at once at the same time i don't even i can't sit with it in my pocket like it's too unwieldy oh. so i can't even so you, i always have to want take the it bulge out to be front and center you don't want anything competing with the bulge yeah. no, no 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 it's in my back pocket i would never carry in my front pocket is so is so um uncomfortable but back pocket too is pretty uncomfortable so i always kind of carry it i guess like a man's clutch mm, yeah okay. i like it yeah. and Love and it. i don't carry change my my dad had always has always has carried a change purse around yeah. <laughs> which I've always thought is so cute so and I used to funny. like love them um and then as an adult I have gone changeless I don't want change my grandfather who I was really close with was like so so wildly I mean profoundly and chronically um OCD mm. that if he was given change he would throw it out the window oh my god <laughs> wow I mean like pennies oh, I mean yeah, he came like from quarters, nothing right? too no, not quarters, but wow. if they were like pennies, he couldn't have change in his car or his wow. really his pockets. He was like, I don't want this. <laughs> I really, change has no use. Change, change, I feel like it really most, doesn't. The Although coin stars, coin stars so fun. <laughs> Is it though? I don't know. Because I, yeah. I always get pissed with the amount of money they take from me. When yeah, I and that's why I don't go. They get, they take yeah. like twelve percent. I think. Yeah, it's no, a it's not worth it. Amount. It's not worth it at all. What do you do? Bring bring your money to the bank or something? Yeah, bring change uh, to the bank. The bank. Yeah, oh, they'll really do bank. that. Yeah. Or like, if you just got a bunch of like nickels and dimes, I'll just like buy like a bag of chips with some nickels, and get, you'll get rid of. Oh, all I'm of your sure chain. people oh, you know, love I mean, that when you when you dump. Yeah. A I mean, <laughs> I 
can I, oh wait, can I actually, can I vent about something? I went, <laughs> I got sure. a drink. I decided to get a grape soda last night. So I went to this hot dog stand around the corner from me. And uh, they're always there on the weekends. I walk up. It's a dollar uh, for the, the, the soda. I give her five, a $5 bill. She goes, uh, do you have any change? And I was like, I'm sorry, bitch. If you have a hot dog stand, why don't you show up with some five dollars? Wow, five dollars. Yeah, I mean, if you were, I'm, if you were giving a stunning, I would, I would, I would not be surprised by that reaction from her. Sure. But, but a five is a that's pretty low. But like, I mean, all you, I mean, I, when I had a lemonade stand in elementary school, I always had some ones around. Wait, in case you had a had, you had a lemonade stand. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my god, that's had, adorable. And I also, I also would sell baseball cards. Uh, wow. I would set up a stand in front of my house, and I would wow. yell baseball cards, so so people would know. I'd be baseball cards, baseball cards. <laughs> oh, funny! That's They're really high, cute. High demand product, right there. I do carry cash because I because I mean it's so funny. You should see at the end of a drag show, I will take all of the money that I've received from people that night and just throw it in a bag, and because. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to brag, but because I don't necessarily live off tip money, I it will just live in this bag for like months and months oh, and months. You know fine. what I mean? And oh, so I have yeah. like wads. I mean, please don't come rob me, but I have like just <laughs> bags of money. <laughs> have you and ever I gotten have, a tip 20? I, oh, yeah, I've gotten 20s before. Um, and because I'm that good, bitch. Uh, no, I um, <laughs> I have. So from gold from uh, uh, for a good friend of mine, Lenora Claire, she gave me on my birthday one year a uh, a piece of the set from Blanche's bedroom on the Golden Girls. Mm. Um, and oh, it was, wow. It was uh, the tissue box that she kept on her little table. Oh, sure. Thing. And so a lot of times I'll put, I'll just have cash in there. And then whenever we need cash or if I always carry around like $40 with me or something just to have for like valet or, you know what I mean? Like little things mm -hmm. that I, that we have. Um, I'll always just go to the drag Blanche box and just pull out money. And, oh, then that's great. And, my and I have, I, I do, I carry a bag with me as you all know, um, yeah. but I have a wallet that I, at all oh see that's a very it's a it's a surprisingly masculine wallet for a more what do you have a, a gucci bag like a, yeah yeah I have do you a, have a gucci bag or does michael have a gucci i have a prada bag, bag. um prada and, bag yes and he has a i forget what he has i bought it too i forget um but yeah no i have literally i have 20 dollars in my bag right now when I'm, I have twenty five dollars. I have forty five dollars. Wow, guys, forty five dollars here. Quit bragging. Quit bragging. Wait, how about change? Do you carry change in I that don't, bag? I don't carry change like almost ever. I never have change. Oh no, but in my bag right now, I actually do have change. Isn't that funny? I rarely have. Well, that change. is good. I don't know where huh. I got change from, but the problem is I can't. Because a lot of times I have, <laughs> I'm such a faggot. A lot of times I have um, acrylic nails or like nails on, you know. And sure, sure. I only would Can't use, grasp them. I only use change at um, at the meters, like the car meters, you know, the parking meters. Yeah. And so, I, I, but and I can't with my nails get the change into the little slot because my nails. <laughs> it's hard, and also it's well. Hard. They need. They need to. Ugh. They need to fix that. They need to get rid of it. They need to yeah. make them. They need to make they need the, to the fix it. Things that tap. Do you yes. get a tap? Because I tap That's all it. the time. That's all I do is. Oh, no, they should tap. They should tap. They should but tap. Are you guys tappers when you pay with credit? No, well, I, I tap now. I did not know you could. I oh. didn't know it was like universal, but it's everywhere now. I'm tapping. I, I tap all the time because my credit cards. They. Never well, you can tap. do it with your Sorry, phone, Brent. You can do it with your phone. So, like, oh, I'm. I, that's not for me. I. I. That's Brent's all got I like do. an iPhone six or something, right? That's Wait, what did you say? You have like an iPhone six. No, right? I have an iPhone SE, which is one of their newest iPhones. Oh. SE two. But I will say, SE holding two. Brent's phone when he came over here to to shoot something that we are about to unveil to Elliot today when we see him for oh, his boy. birthday for the dinner. <laughs> um, when I held Brent's phone, and my, I'm, I mean, we all know that I'm like Jabba the Hut, but my Brent's phone in my <laughs> hand, Brent's phone in my hand, I felt so fat so large it's a big it's a small phone it's a phone. very tiny phone it's not even that small it's That's... tiny it's tiny oh, oh my tiny. god you guys <laughs> but also but this is apropos of nothing you can tell your friend lenore that that is the name i would name my biological daughter or, or my adopted daughter for if she were an Lenora? infant but <laughs> lenore lenore i think you've met i think you've met her before she's she's amazing <sighs> and you guys should follow her because she does a lot of great sort of like victim rights work and true crime spaces and stuff she's amazing yeah, Great. I love that name. Well, 
Justice for Lenore. What's her last name? <laughs> well, it's Lenora. Her name's Lenora, but Lenora, Lenora. Claire. Lenora. Okay. Lenora Claire. Beautiful red hair, gorgeous woman. Love her to death. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? The least surprised I've ever been was when Alan said he carries a purse. <laughs> my, Joanne, my aunt Joanne would say, who needs Postmates? Use Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about uh, Aunt Anne? My Aunt Anne would say, it's Elliot's birthday and I would sing you happy birthday, but people say I have an annoying voice. <laughs> and that's as I also have that problem. I was talking about that today at, at, at Carrie's baby's birthday party because I don't whenever I sing happy birthday, I don't actually emote any sound. I just like mouth the word. <laughs> I, find, I find I have a very loud voice that people that's annoying in videos and stuff. Well, like, I, I guess that means I have a loud, annoying voice too, Alan, because no one can tell us apart. <laughs> you do it on purpose. <laughs> My brassy singing voice. Well, happy birthday, Elliot. We uh, love thanks. you as a friend. He just, he just said he did the cut it that's off. That's I guess, right. No more. I guess I crossed the line by saying <laughs> no. happy birthday. No, that was the perfect ending. We're keeping oh. this in. All right. Uh, oh. <laughs>